Welcome to episode number nine of What Does It Take? Today we are featuring Joe Schaefer. Joe, what's going on? I'm good. Good, man. How's everything going? Um, pretty good so far during Corona. Yeah. Everything's going all right. Have you been coming into school or have you been staying at home most days? Uh, I have not gone back to for actual school. No, you've just been doing yeah. stuff remote? Yeah. How do you like doing school remote? Oh, school remote is kind of, it's, I'd rather go to school, but I think I'd rather be safe than anything. Sure. Than uh, not going to actual school. It's not the worst thing, but I, it's not fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's tough when you can't see anyone and you're just kind of stuck at home all the time. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are figuring out that school was a lot, a lot bigger part of their life than they realized um, from a social standpoint, right? Yeah, I realized that I have just so much more to do during the day. So sometimes I just fall asleep because how bored I am. <laughs> Yeah, I've heard a couple kids, a couple kids have had that same issue. They're kind of just like dozing off and then they miss a class or they're late or something. Yeah, sometimes at the end of class, sometimes I see kids just the teachers calling out their name, asking if they have any questions and they just stay until the end of class. <laughs> yeah. And kinda. just like don't look off. Yeah, it's it's a it's an issue where teachers are having, it's an issue kids are having. Um, this is definitely not the ideal way to, uh, to do school, but it's the, it's the way we, we kind of have to do it right now. So, um, you know, it's kind of funny. People would always write like these or think about these, like, uh, uh, like science fiction ideas about how school will all be, you know, on computers and there won't be any need for teachers. And like, I think this is like a, a real example of how that would never really work um, because it, it kind of stinks not being able to be in school and it kind of stinks uh, having to learn over a screen all the time. I also feel bad for the teachers because they're talking to letters and <laughs> they don't, they can't really talk and teach actual students. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. It's tough, man, because um, you're kind of talking to yourself, you feel like, because like you said, some kids just kind of disappear or fall asleep or, you know, some kids, you know, they're, they got little brothers and sisters at home they're taking care of. Um, and so you kind of aren't sure what's going on behind that, those letters that you brought up and, you know, it's, it kind of, it's like, man, am I, am I saying this to anybody? Is anybody even hearing this? Is anyone engaged in this? And uh, it's a, uh, it's a different challenge. It's a different challenge for teachers. It's a different challenge for students. And I wish I had some word of real words of advice, but I think that you're kind of, you understand it's, it's just not very fun right now. Yeah. Especially if messing up wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a bummer. Um, so, you know, we got bumped back from right now it's November 19th. Right. And we're, so we should be gearing up for our first, 
uh, competitions, which would be next week, a normal year. And now we're, we've been moved all the way back to April. We can't meet, we can't work out, can't do anything. So it's it stinks. It stinks. This is the weirdest. It's, it's, it's not as weird as I thought it would be. Cause I just don't think about it, but it's weird. Not uh, it's weird going into Thanksgiving without wrestling. That's for sure. For me. The other day I had a dream about at a regular wrestling like practice and Corona never happened. And I told all my friends about it and they're like, yeah, no, that was <laughs> not happening. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's been a lot of silver linings, I think, with the Corona thing. And it's, it's not, um, I think everybody would rather it have not happened, but having it happen is kind of, uh, at least for me, and it, it took a long time, but once this has passed us, once we've gotten past this, and hopefully it's it's uh, in the rearview mirror, um, um, that, you know, I won't take so much for granted, I don't think. Um, I think I'll be uh, excited about the opportunity to have regular wrestling practice, go to competitions, do all the stuff we're used to doing that was just normal life a year ago uh, that now is kind of like unthinkable. Just being in a large group of people, being in a, a gym with, with bleachers full of people and five mats out on the ground and all sorts of matches going on and people walking around. And, you know, I, I think it's going to be exciting and fun. And, and I'll think back you know, you'll probably think back in 20, 30, 40, 50 years about this and, and be like, oh man, thank God that's not, that's over, hopefully. Um, and I know I will too. Yeah, it's changing a lot of people, but I wonder sometimes if that was a good thing, change a lot, make people more grateful too, that's a good thing. But Corona is meant uh, messing some people up mentally. Yeah, <laughs> being inside all the time. For sure. Uh, I think <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I'm on a roller coaster, a roller coaster of emotions. Like some days I'm just really angry and frustrated and irritated with the whole situation, and some days I'm okay with it and kind of just go up and down and not really sure how I really feel because every day it's different. How have you been feeling? Yeah. I've been feeling like a lot of days is just the same. Wake up, go to school, and then there's the rest of the hours of the day to do whatever I want or like in homework. And then I just, I don't know, it kind of feels like we're wasting time, but it, we just can't do anything. So we're not really wasting time. Yeah. Definitely, like, I really wish I could go wrestling. Go ahead. I really wish I could go to wrestling and stuff. I was going to judo, but these past two practices, I've, I haven't gone because my dad doesn't want me to. And I drive Javi, Luis, and Leah on their rides. And now none of us are going there. So it all kind of just sucks. Yeah. So when did you, how long have you guys been going there? Uh, For, I think we went there for over. A month. Nice. How was it when you went? Um, there's a really strong senior. He still beats us up, 
but it's really helping me. Uh, learn a lot, a lot of new moves, especially me and Leo, because we're learning more heavyweight stuff, and we're getting faster and stronger. Nice, man. That's awesome. Well, I'm glad to hear you guys were still going as long as you could. Um, I, I was looking at some gyms today. I sent out, like, I saw another club. I sent it to you guys, and then, like, five minutes later, I got an email from the coach of the club, and he's like, oh, we're shut down till further notice. Oh. So, yeah, Baylor was there at the, at the judo gym and he, I never saw Javi so exhausted in my life. He <laughs> went live with Javi and he also went live with me and he beat me with no hands. But, <laughs> well, Baylor is pretty darn good. He wrestled at the uh, University of Iowa. That was kind of a, kind of just to me, lowered confidence a little bit after being like, yeah. That was fun. I learned a lot. That's so, awesome. At least, at least, if it was just a regular practice, I don't think I would be savoring it as much. But now that we're having these, like, practices, like, by the end of it, me and Leo are, like, almost dying. And I'm like, Leo, come on, stay, stay, stay. And he's like, can we leave? <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> What time was it? Was it like after the practice was done or something? Or yeah, we're supposed to stop at like eight thirty, but I told my dad to get there at like nine, or on the weekend at the at, at, on the weekend it like stops at I think ten thirty ten or ten thirty, I think ten thirty, and I tell him get here at eleven. So we let it, we do like live for like an extra like twenty five minutes and then get ready to go. <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's great. Getting some extra minutes in. Can't get enough mat time. That's for sure. It'll help you get caught up fast. So that's great. Yeah. You've been doing that. Uh, that's a great experience. I'm, um, I'm happy to hear you guys have still been going over there. Uh, Cause I haven't had much contacts with you guys lately. I don't, you know, it doesn't sound like anyone from the team's really going into, into school. At least I haven't seen anyone. So. It's just kind of been it's been a dull period for wrestling because I'm like I don't know what to do other than email you know I can email you guys and be like hey <laughs> you know nothing's changed and I still don't we still don't know what's going on so it's a it's yeah all we have to do is wait really until things get better yeah exactly we're just gonna you have to keep waiting it out, waiting it out, and hopefully something changes. Hopefully they figure something out uh, in the medical world and we can start moving forward. Basketball season still happening, right? Um, well, they just got put on uh, a pause today. So there the IHSA and the governor's office and the Illinois Department of Health um, – just put a pause on the winter season. So all sports are not being, there, there's no sports going on right now from a like practice standpoint. So they could do like zoom meetings and zoom practices, but they can't go to the gym. They can't go to school and, and have basketball practice in the gym. And same with like any, basically any sport that that's a win, still a winter sport. So like gymnastics, cheerleading, palms, swimming, all of that stuff got put on pause 
So those guys, unfortunately, are losing even more, an even bigger chunk of their season now because of the number spiking and stuff right now. So stinks, but yeah, I feel really bad for the seniors. Yes. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, I guess not really three seasons because they really got through the fall season okay. So cross-country golf, but I guess there was no state tournament for anything. So it's kind of, you know, what's not what's the point, but kind of like there's no end goal there. You know, there's no uh, state championship for or state qualifications or anything like that. So you kind of like don't get to go out and earn that spot that you wanted you felt like you could have um so yeah i feel bad i feel bad for everyone i can't imagine i really don't i don't even think about what i would do is what i would have felt like as a senior in high school or a senior in college if this was going on when i was your age because i like i would have been devastated um so yeah i i feel bad i feel really bad for those guys the NCAA are still are, are they still doing stuff? I think the or NCAA, yeah, I think the NCAA is moving forward. The Ivy League schools just canceled winter sports a couple days ago, but that's kind of like a different thing. Um, I'm from what I've heard, and this is just kind of hearsay. Most pro, uh, programs and conferences, excuse me, are going to move forward. I want to move forward with winter sports. They feel like they've got protocols and stipulations in place that'll keep everyone safe or safer. Like a lot of schools have kind of gone back to like a remote learning, uh, remote learning um, model. And so like, this is like colleges. So the only people on campus are like athletes. So you've got thousands of kids who aren't on campus or aren't leaving their, their dorm or their apartment very much and the only ones that are getting together are the athletes. So like, you're just kind of in a pod with the same 30 people every day. So sounds like they're gonna try and give it a go and see what happens, but no one really knows what's gonna happen. They might cancel, they might get through the whole season again. And then at NCAA time go, oh, you know what? It's too dangerous. We're not gonna have NCAAs. Um, you know, everything is up in the air. Everything is up in the air. No, there's no, uh, there's no guarantees on anything right now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Except for those. Except for what? It was like the Latin, the, the, the matches that are happening. The, uh, was Gable Stevenson's having a match soon? It's against AJ, right? Oh, I honestly did not know who. Yeah, or is it AJ or who, who, what's his name? Honestly, I don't remember. His name. I don't even know about this. Because I don't even know about this match. Is it Derek White? Or the beef, and the beef of, uh, between them, apparently. They're saying that. Oh, AJ Ferrari? Yeah, him. Oh, I don't think they're going to, I don't think that's like a match that's happening, but I think they were calling each other out on Instagram or Twitter or something. Yeah, because honestly, I did not know who AJ Ferrari was <laughs> before. But... He's still in high school, I think. Oh, really? Maybe yeah, he's yeah. a maybe he's a true freshman at Oklahoma State, but I 
think he's a, like a senior in high school or something. Has he even wrestled a college match? No, but he's like good. He he he's like the number one ranked kid in his class, and he's a stud. I don't think he could beat Gable Stevenson, but he uh, he just had a good performance at like U twenty threes or or the junior nationals or something, which has college guys in it, and he beat a ton of college guys. I think. Yeah, I think Gable Stevenson would destroy him. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> Um, he was, he's an absolute phenom and then he's just way bigger. So, you know, it's, that's going to be tough to beat, tough to beat. Um, what, what's AJ's, uh, weight class? I think he's like supposed to be like a 197 in college. So he's not even like a heavyweight. Um, I've seen, thought I saw, I thought I follow him on Instagram. He doesn't, he doesn't even like appear that big. Like I, I didn't know he was that big. He looks to me like a 70 or something, but he's probably a lot taller than I thought he was. Um, he's definitely a stud though. Like he's awesome, but Gable's beyond awesome. He's, he's a different, he's a different yeah. animal for sure. Different breed. Yeah. So I don't know. That would be a tall order right now for him. Maybe, uh, maybe one day, but I don't think, uh, I don't think in the near future that's that's a real thing that's going to happen. The Jordan Bor- uh, I don't have Burroughs uh, mattresses at Heed the other day. That was cool. Yeah, it was really awesome. Did did you get a chance to watch any of it? Yeah, it was. It ended up eight to five, right? Yeah, eight five. Yeah, it was cool. I, I Zahid was uh, was winning at the beginning. I, yeah. I didn't expect that. He was up four zero, and then he lost eight five. Yeah. It, it was a pretty sweet match. I thought Burroughs, I didn't think Burroughs would be able to come back because uh, it just kind of looked like Zahid had kind of control of him, was able to stop him because of his size, because he's like 20 pounds bigger. And Burroughs just like kept kept charging forward, kept working, kept working, and just kind of wore him out, was able to start getting takedowns in the second period. And it was just like that guy put Burroughs puts pressure on people that it doesn't even, you don't even realize how hard he's working. He's just always looking to score. He's always moving. He's always in your face and he just melts people. Um, And he doesn't have that style that you normally think of as someone who does that to guys like, like an Austin DeSanto or something where his hand fighting is, is what wears him down. Like Burroughs, he's just in and out fakes club your head fakes attack 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 he takes like 30 shots a period so these guys are they're insane they're insane i thought i was thinking uh jordan burles would win and he did but at the beginning there i didn't think he would win because he was just at at the beginning like he was just like out of his time or something and he wasn't as good but at the end he really proved that He's still a legend. Oh my gosh. Yeah. He's incredible. So he won his first gold medal in 2011. How old were you in 2011? I was six. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. It's so crazy. Uh, You're a sophomore in high school. Yeah. You know, that's, that's crazy. So in 2011, that's, I had just graduated college. <laughs> 
So Burroughs is my age. We're the same age. Um, so that's kind of funny to, to hear that. Either you were only six years old and probably didn't know anything about wrestling. No, wow. That's so funny. Yeah, he's been around a long time and he's been he's won a lot of medals for sure. Yeah, that's cool. So Joe, let's get into your kind of story a little bit here. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and and uh, uh, what what your uh, you know where you come from and what your life is like? Um, yeah, I was born in two thousand five, and I started uh, wrestling freshman year. And the like first practice, I fell in love with it, especially since everyone was so positive and stuff. Uh, like uh, Leo, like introduced me right off the bat. This like when we first met, we became friends, and so he said like join wrestling, and he was all hyped for it. And the day of, he destroyed me, and he didn't hold back. <laughs> and I realized that I try way harder, and now when we do lives, we're back, kind of back and forth now, and I and I I'm really competitive with Leo. Yeah, the other day in my car, my sister's like, me and Leo were talking about, oh, yeah, but I beat you in this. And my sister's like, why are you so competitive with each other? <laughs> and I'm like, this is how it works. Yeah, it's just how it is. Well, it's great to be competitive. I mean, it's it builds a lot of great habits to be that competitive. And as long as it doesn't get to a, you know, overly competitive and, and ne- like where it's negatively affecting <clears throat> you. Yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. So, um. So you just started wrestling last year. So you've got one wrestling season under your belt. Yeah. Yeah. And you fell in love with it immediately, you said. Yeah. So so was it Leo that just kind of got you to come out for the team or was there something else that kind of got you and got you involved? Well, I really I I really felt self-conscious about my weight and stuff. And I, and I wanted to join a sport. And at first I was like, I was swimming. I'm like, but that's not, that doesn't sound really fun. I want to, I, I don't want to swim competitively. And that since middle school, like all three years of middle school, I always say, I'm going to join the wrestling team this year. And then I never did. But okay. Then, yeah. Keep going. Okay. And freshman year, I decided, oh, I'm going to do this because I really want to. And it was a whole different thing than I expected. Yeah. But it probably was, it sounds like it was maybe even better than what you expected way better than I expected. It's almost like a family or team. Yeah, that's well, that's awesome to hear as, as the coach that you guys feel that way. Um, I know that uh, the last two freshman groups have been uh, or your freshman group has really been special. Um, I feel like you guys are really involved. You really um, work well together. Um, you guys all work super hard you compete hard um there's a ton of just guys that are bought in um and that hasn't happened in a while so it's just been it's been a pleasure to work with all you guys and uh, i love just you guys discipline and and every everything you do has just been it's just been great so you know that's that's not lost on me that that you guys are are pretty tight-knit group um 
So I was kind of alluding to that's a little bit unusual. Why do you think that this team was, uh, you guys have such a good bond? I think we have such a good bond is because I know it, we all have this, uh, we all love wrestling, so like a lot. And we, like, you, Kern, you're a really good coach, and we all like kind of like attract to the idea of like winning these matches. Like Simon told me on the first day on the bus, he's like, Pinky promised me you'll stay in wrestling for the next four years. And he pinky we pinky promised. And he always told me, Oh, I get better, get better. And there's a lot of like uh team leaders on our team. And I feel like they want people want to stay because of them at the same time. And because uh, how do I say this? That we're we're yeah, I'm stuttering. But <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I'm just, I don't know how to say it. I, I feel like, <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say to be honest. Like the family aspect of it, like I'm trying to say. Yeah, like we're almost like brothers at a, at a certain point. Like, yeah, well, keep going. N- none of us really feel like. Like we're all just really competitive with each other, and we never really get mad at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome, man. I mean, it's it's cool to to have something like that, and that's what it's all about. You know, part of it is there's a lot of lessons, but like part of the lesson of of building friendships, building working with people, working with teammates, learning how to work with someone. Like, you know, this might be something that you carry on later in life and you realize I can compete with the person next to me. And at the end of the day, he's not my enemy. He's actually, we're on the same team. Like if you have a job somewhere, you know, and you're, you know, salesperson or or doing whatever you're, you want to be the best salesperson on the team, but you're not enemies with the people you work with because you might need their help at some point and they might need your help. And so you know, you know how to be competitive, but also still maintain friendships and not take things personally. So that, that's something that can go a long way. Um, you know, and it's just more fun. It's just more fun that way, um, which is what it's all about. And we try to make sure you guys are having fun. And I think with your crew, you guys understand like, hey, training can be fun. Getting better can be fun. Um, you know, pushing yourself hard can be fun. Um, whereas a lot of, a lot of times kids and groups of kids just don't really always understand that right away. It kind of takes a while and a lot of kids, you lose a lot of kids. A lot of kids quit because it's, you know, it's hard. And I feel like this group is like, there was very few guys that were that way. Everybody was like, you know, let's do extra wrestling. Like, like you were saying, you guys say 25 minutes after the judo club to wrestle more. That's awesome. I mean, it was like, man, we just did a two hour practice, um, ran sprints at the end, did 20 minutes of live wrestling, drilled hard, you know, worked on technique, did all this stuff. And then you guys are like still in the room. Like, let's do some more. Let's do some more. Um, it's very, not very rare, but it's, it's rare enough. Um, to, it gets me super excited as a coach to be like, man, these guys, these guys love it. Getting me excited to be here. Um, you know, so it's just, it's great to be a part of to, and to watch. 
Yeah, we. So a lot of people on our team are like almost like superheroes sometimes, especially the my group, my year. Like Simon, I think he's completely like insane in the good way. Like he's he's like Gable Stevenson, a whole different breed. He just <laughs> does, he does he does every he, he impresses me all the time. He's like a role model. Really. Like people, yeah, and then there's like people like who with like Diego where he does a whole practice and he looks like he hasn't even broken a sweat sometimes. So, tell me a little bit more about like uh, Simon. What do you what? How does he impress you? Give me give me some examples. First of all, he has big muscles, but it's also <laughs> he definitely also, has big muscles. Yeah, it's also because of his his mindset. He has his mindset is wake up in the morning, work out, and like keep working at a goal, and he never gives up, and just keeps pushing towards it until he reaches it. Like yeah, with the wrestling, he only lost. He didn't lose any freshman matches, and though he had how many varsity matches? I think he was one and zero on varsity. Yeah, he had he that one with Rolling Meadows. Yeah, he pinned a kid from Rolling Meadows. Pretty sure it was a pin. Yeah, that was crazy. That was a fun meet. That was that was pretty wild. Um, he he's very very athletic kid. You know, really put together for 15, 16 years old. Um, but uh, and he definitely um, shows leadership. And he's one of those guys where it's like you almost have to tell him to like, take a step back. Like you need to recover. You need to rest a little bit too, because he works so hard. Um, you know, which isn't, isn't the worst thing you could have worse things, but, um, he's definitely a hard worker for sure. And, and learning from a guy like that's gonna, gonna, gonna do well for you. It's going to help you out for sure. Um, so let me ask you this, Joe, how do you define, how do you f- define success in wrestling? success in wrestling is just kind of not giving up and like my point you can like lose matches and stuff even win all of them but if you like keep on working I think you're being successful you're improving and I I think that was successful even though I did not win that many matches freshman year I noticed my improvement by the end of it and I noticed that I've, I've gotten better and stronger and faster and improve my reaction time nice yeah uh, i think that's a great answer um because if you're always getting better you know you're gonna the results are gonna come if you start out not very good but every day and i mean every day 365 you're getting a little bit better you know after a year you're going to be way better than you were on day one. And then to, you know, and it just keeps compounding and compounding and you just get better and better and move from really basic skills to some more nuanced skills and um, can really develop that way. And I think definitely I've heard from coaches, I've heard from teachers that you look like, like a different person. Like you've improved so much physically um, from a from a physical standpoint with your strength and stature and then also from a wrestling standpoint you know and uh your knowledge of wrestling is is grown and you 
you're asking me about Gable Stevenson. You only wrestled for a year. You know, that's, that's pretty impressive. When I, when I, I wrestled seventh, eighth grade and freshman year, and I had half the year I wrestled varsity and I couldn't have told you the name of one college wrestler at that time. Definitely no, definitely wouldn't know any international wrestlers. Um, so the fact that you're that into it is pretty cool. That's awesome. So what do you think success will be for you in life? How do you, do, how do you measure it in life? If I'm happy before I die, I think that's pretty successful to be honest. So what does that mean though? What is, what is happy? I've got my life together and I have a good mindset. I haven't done anything bad. Even if I like, don't like get a really nice job in the future, like a high paying job. If I'm happy with that job, I think that's the job I should be at. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to look at it. Um, you gotta, you gotta enjoy what you do. Yeah. I think, you know, you gotta enjoy what you're doing. Um, to the point where you can kind of live the lifestyle that you want to live, not the one you feel like you, you have to live. Um, which maybe, maybe I'm still learning, you know, I think you never stop learning about that stuff. You know, like I see a lot of memes and stuff on the internet about people my age who are like, you know, I thought I'd have things figured out by now. You know, when I was 18, I knew I didn't know what I was doing, but I thought by 35 or whatever, I'd, I'd have a handle on life. And like, you just kind of, you just kind of keep going and keep moving forward and figuring things out. But I've definitely learned that, um, finding a, a vocation that, that you really enjoy, that you truly enjoy, um, no matter what the pay is, is, is really beneficial. Um, so for me, teaching is, teaching is awesome. Um, I really have always enjoyed working with younger people and helping younger people out and, and living in the service of others and trying to help people. And then uh, wrestling, obviously, I just can't get enough of it. So being able to be a wrestling coach and work with young kids and, and give back what some of the things that I've learned is, um, is awesome. So I, I hope that you can do that too and find what, what you really enjoy doing and, and stick to it. Yeah, I hope so too. Do you, do you have any idea what you what you'd like to do right now? Um, I would love to do something with animals because I really like them, but I also would like to also do something in automotives and like that kind of thing with cars because I really also enjoy cars. So it's either oh, that, either one of those. Have you taken any autos classes yet? Um, I'm about to, but I know how to like. My dad he taught me a lot about cars. He I, he kind of self-taught himself, or his uncle taught him uh, after his dad died. And so he's passed on, like, a bunch of that knowledge to me about cars, how to, like, uh, tire brakes, fuel, uh, like, how to maintain a car properly. And I feel like I, wanna, I really enjoyed that when he taught me, and I really just want to pursue it sometimes. Yeah, man. Well, the autos classes are a good way to get started, you know. Um, there's even like an automotive apprenticeship. I know a kid that's doing that right now. Like, so you would actually be able to go to like a shop in your senior year and like work on cars and stuff. And, um, you know, it could be something that 
you could try out in high school while you're still in high school. And you, I think you can take, I think part of the program is you take college classes as well. Um, so you'd be able to get some college credits under your belt if you were able to get to that point. Um, so that would be something cool that you could do for sure, man. You know, yeah. I think a lot of people that work on cars really, a lot of times are really, um, you know, if, if they know about cars and they enjoy it, they, they really enjoy what they do. Um, so what do you think are your strengths as a, as an athlete, Joe? Um, I, I'm really persist, uh, persistent. The, an example of that is uh, at Judo Club, this really good senior, uh, he kind of destroys his soul sometimes. Like, he, I've seen him, like, latch up hobby before, and I'm like, oh, my God. And uh, he had me uh, – he had writing time for over, like, two minutes on me. But he said he wouldn't – like, he, he, he wasn't going to give up until he, like, put me on my back. And uh, I didn't give up for, like, like – two minutes over two minutes and I, I he kept saying why are you so flexible why just give up <laughs> and I'm like no I'm not and I just I I didn't want to I didn't want him to get me down or put me on my back and he said that's good I, I should keep doing that I just don't give up that's awesome yeah flexible shoulders help quite a bit huh yeah <laughs> You're one of the most flexible heavyweights I think I've ever seen, Joe. Usually heavyweights are, are not known for their flexibility. But you could yeah. you you can kind of twist up like a pretzel. Yeah, I don't know why. <laughs> I thought that was normal until I joined wrestling. <laughs> why can you do that? There was one day I came in the wrestling room and you were you were like able to sit with like your knees, you're sitting on your butt. And your knees are out in front of you and your knees were like on top of each other. And I was like, if somebody did that to me, I'd have to go to the hospital. If I, I, I can't, but I've never been able to bend like that. Um, yeah. I apparently sit weird also. So <laughs> yeah, man, your, your hips and knees must be like made of rubber. Uh, I guess. <laughs> so what are the, what are the, what do you think are the areas you need to work on the most as a wrestler? Right now, I don't know that much, but I, I know that I have to work on my strength because I know a lot of people, like Leo, Leo's stronger than me, like by a lot, uh, especially upper body strength, he's stronger than me and with explosive uh, strength too. And I feel like I really need to work on that because sometimes he just overpowers me. Mm -hmm. uh, but except for that, I really need to work on speed. I think uh, I've been working on uh uh, keeping my stance really low, uh, mm -hmm. not really low, but staying low, even when I'm tired, like you said, like sometimes I'm like, Leo, go back into your stance where you're in the middle of our lives. <laughs> Cause he's just like all the way up there. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and, and he gets mad cause I blast double him into the mats. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. That's what you got to do. He's make him fix it. That's how you make him fix the stance is just by putting him down, you know, getting takedowns. <laughs> yeah. It's been fun, especially since we've been trying to do our most during Corona at Judo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's great that you kind of know, Hey, like, uh, 
where where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are at, and and um, hopefully we can get back in that weight room to get you a little stronger and a little faster um, in the next few weeks or months here. That would be really really nice. Um, where where do you think confidence comes from, Joe? Uh, confidence is honestly, if you feel good about yourself sometimes and, uh, for, for me, I think confidence is different for everyone because I feel like people could be like one of the best, uh, athletes ever, but sometimes they don't have like the most confidence in the world. But I feel like if I win a match, I'll have confidence, but I feel like it's more of like the people around me. If there's like people who like hype me up or like, uh, believe in me I, I'm gonna have a lot of like, confidence even if I lose it after lose the match after being really confident I'm still confident that they believe in me wow yeah. so so it, for you it's more about the community of people that yeah. are behind you and believe in you and, and really want to see you be successful wow that's that's pretty cool. I don't think I've ever heard. No, I don't think anyone said anything like that before that I've interviewed. So it's definitely a, a different perspective. I was watching this video. This is a few years ago. I watched this video about this. It was an education expert and his, he was kind of all about motivation, what motivates kids. And he said, there's like nine different things. And he said, one of them is being part of something, being, being part of a community. So people who are interest people who like wearing like a lot of sports gear like in the winter they wear all their bears stuff in the summer they got their cubs stuff on they like to be a part they like to feel like they're a part of that team like they're a part of of um of that community and it sounds like that's what motivates you being part of like a, something that's bigger than just yourself and putting yourself totally into it and doing everything you can to help the team and those people um, which is really cool. Um, and it's great that that's something that gives you the way you get confidence, because it's not about if you feel prepared, it's not about being in your head. It's kind of about coach believes in me, parents believe in me, teammates believe in me. I'm just going to go out there and do my best. I especially, I didn't really have that much confidence until like wrestling, until I joined wrestling. Cause like at home, like sometimes wrestling feels like more of a family sometimes because sometimes when I'm home and then it, I come back home after like wrestling, I feel much more happier. But before I go to wrestling, sometimes I'm like completely drained and wrestling's like a recharge kind of. Yeah. Wow. That's well, that's really cool. And that's like, you hear that a lot about like exercise, like just in general exercise, you know, it's, it's very energizing to, to do. So I'm glad that's your, your thing. You found uh, this awesome sport that I love so much and you're super fun to hang out with and, and a great kid. And, and uh, I'm glad you love it too. And, and you enjoy working out. What, 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 how do you get the most out of a training session, Joe? Uh, I, I work out until like my body almost doesn't want to at some points because at judo, I would work. I, I, I don't, I don't feel right leaving 
the gym when I feel like I could do something like as good as I could when I like entered the gym. Like when when I enter the gym, oh, I can walk normally. And me and me and my friend Brian were like, and I'm like, I pushed him so hard. I'm like, do you really want to leave the gym, uh, uh, walking without hurting? And he's like, no. <laughs> and then I pushed him a lot, and he's like, he told me thank you. And I'm like, that's how you get the most out of a workout, and stuff. And I'm like, you always have to like push yourself until you don't feel like you can anymore. For sure. You know, at your age, definitely that's, uh, you know, if you're training for a purpose and, and to be successful in something, you know, that's like what Dan Gable used to do all the time. What he used to preach is like, I, I want to be carried out of the wrestling room every day. Um, you know, because I can't, I just can't move anymore. And, um, you know, that's a great philosophy that, Hey, I gotta be sore every day. I gotta work my butt off. I gotta do, if I don't feel tired enough, if I'm not tired enough, I gotta do more, man that's an awesome mentality. You can't beat that with a stick. You know, Cuba has a really nice mentality. One time we were on, uh, playing a video game together and he, I'm like, how do you go to the gym? Like almost every day. And he's like, it's all mentality. And I'm like, I really need to like reset my mentality is during Corona. And I, my mentality changed a little bit during Corona um it was more like oh yeah sin size it's corona but then kuba during corona went to the gym and when he couldn't go to the gym because of corona he would work out and just keep on pushing himself like no matter what what would he do to work out if when the gyms were closed uh, he would do body workouts and he had dumbbells in his room nice and, and only his room and i thought that was so cool <laughs> yeah well, it's, it's nice to have some some equipment at home if if you can yeah i only have i have some equipment and i i, I try to wake up early because i like working out early mm -hmm. uh and i go outside by my uh patio and work out and then i go to the gyms uh, not gym i go to the park with leo sometimes uh and it's all turf so we we wrestle on the turf. <laughs> I asked him today, you want to go? Well, he was busy today and he's like, okay, tomorrow and Saturday we can go. So we'll, we're trying to like keep that mentality, even though Corona might like come back 10 times fold soon. Yeah. So you're trying to keep in shape, keep, keep the mentality that I got to get a workout in every day. I got to get better every day. That's awesome. Uh, like, I feel like I keep saying that, but you're, your thoughts and your mental process. That's my, the best way I could describe it. It's just, it's awesome, man. I, I, I love what I'm hearing from you. I love your energy and your discipline. And, you know, it's like, you're, you're kind of just saying all the right things and it sounds like you're doing all the right things and you can't do any more than that. You can't ask for any more than that. So it's just great to hear. What do you think is important about winning and losing? Um, the important thing about losing is that you, I think you should learn something every time you lose, even if it's like the tiniest thing ever. I, I think you should learn something or just not just like say, oh, that's another loss. I think you should use that to your advantage and then try to improve after that. And I feel like if you do that enough, you're going to have more wins than losses. 
or the time. And every time you get a win, you shouldn't say, uh, oh, that's another win. I feel like you should still learn something from a win, even though you won that. Yeah, do you know who John Smith is? No. John Smith is a head coach at Oklahoma State. Not John, not John. We had a John Smith on the team a few years ago. John Smith, uh, head coach of Oklahoma State, was a two-time Olympic champion and four-time world champion. So he went, he won from he won world championships or Olympic championships every year from 1987 to 1992. And he said that he used to watch all his matches and he found in all of his matches, he could always find something that he did wrong or something that he could do better, a mistake in every match, win or lose. So you could definitely always find something to learn from a match and how to get better. And that's a great, again, just a great way to think about it and, and not take wins and losses totally to heart, not get too high, not get too low and understand what did I learn from that match? What do I need to adjust or get better at? And uh, like you said, if you, if you do that every match, you'll probably end up finding that you're going to start having a lot more wins than losses. Um, so again, you know, great mentality, man, just, you're just like nailing it. So I love your, I love all the things you're saying. Um, when you say like, you should always learn something from losing. Have you ever had a loss where you were like really disappointed? Yeah. So thinking back on it now, what do you think you could learn from, from maybe one of those losses? Um, I think one of the big uh, things I learned, especially during the Palatine match is that like everyone was cheering me on, but I still lost that match. And I, I and after that match, I thought to myself, really, I, I could have won that. I just didn't put 100% of my effort in. And after that, I tried to put as much effort as I could. After that, ma- after that match, I tried to put as much effort as I could, and it just changed everything. And even with some of the matches I did win, like uh, that one regionals match, I really wasn't aggressive with it. I, I really wasn't aggressive at all, and I think I should. if I was more aggressive, I think it could have been – uh, I could have won that much more easier. So just yeah. let it dropping in. Do you ever learn anything? Do you ever think something like from a technique standpoint, like, oh, if I, if I move my arm this way or if I had done this or if I, I could stop his move, the move that he did, or is it kind of usually the things you take away just more like mental? Like uh, I, I wasn't prepared the right way for this match. I, I wasn't thinking the right way. I think. I, it's a mix of both sometimes because sometimes I knew I did everything I tried. I, I, I like I knew, I knew, but he was just obviously better than me. But after that, I told I, I tell myself like, oh, you have to get better, and I work on like strengthening some of these moves that he used on me, like countering them, like headlocks. I, I, I got headlocked so many times during conference. I wasn't expecting that during two twenty. And everyone just headlocks. And <laughs> after I got headlocked so many times, I went up to Aaron. I'm like, Aaron, teach me how to counter it. Like every time I'm like, I need to learn, I need to like headlock back. But after a while, I'm like, I'm not going to do headlocks. I just want to learn how to counter it. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's a good explanation. You know, you keep referencing your teammates. And I know we already talked about how it's so important to you, but it's, uh, 
interesting to me that you've kind of you've brought up like four or five different guys. You talked about Simon, Diego, Cuba, uh, Leo Royo, now Aaron Hernandez. You know, um, it's just uh, it's just really cool that that you know you you kind of yeah I love being a part of the team. That's the biggest thing to me. And then as we're going through the conversation, there's like you're bringing up names, uh, names of all the guys on the team. And again, first time that's kind of really happened on the podcast. So um, this is definitely just different and interesting. And, and I love, I love hearing it. Um, you want to hear about my worst loss? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, my senior year of college, I'm wrestling this guy who beat me earlier in the year. And I'm like, all right, I'm, I, I can beat this guy. Um, you know, he was, we kind of trade takedowns and uh, he was pretty good on top. He had a tilt. I, I knew I had to stop the tilt and I'd be all right. And so I was kind of kicking his butt. And in the third period, there's uh, like a minute, uh, there's like a, I'm up, th- I'm up three, I'm on top. And there I've got a minute, eight seconds of riding time. So I would have won by four. If, if the clock had just run out, right? Because I got the riding time. So he gets to his feet and I just kind of let him go because I didn't want to play with it and get rolled to my back. And um, he takes me down with nine seconds left and gets riding time down to 59 seconds. So he got an escape for one, a takedown for two, and erased my riding time. I had 59 seconds of riding time. So we got to go to overtime. Okay. You know, I've been able to kind of get the better of the takedown match. I'm like, I'm going to go get one right now. Couldn't get a takedown in overtime. We go to double overtime, which is like the ride outs, you know, like he, I ride him then he's got to ride me. Uh, so I go bottom first, I'm up and out. And then I get a takedown in the first 30 seconds, but then he gets a chance. All I got to do is survive. I've got no stalling calls. He gets away. With about five seconds left, he gets into my leg, takes me down, ties it again. So I was up three twice with less than 30 seconds left and blew the lead twice. So in college, then you go to another neutral overtime. So we get in a a crazy scramble, rolling around, um, and he ends up on top, wins the scramble and beats me. Um, It was, uh, this was to qualify for the national tournament. And I was absolutely crushed and i had to come back and win two matches to qualify because if i took third i knew i had a pretty good chance of qualifying so i was make to make the finals so i didn't make the finals i had to take third and then i only got in by a coach's vote and uh i uh had to had to win two more matches to get in i went down to the basement of the gym and uh my mom was there. My mom only went to like one match a year. She never really, she just was not interested in wrestling. And I cried with her for like an hour. <laughs> and then I had to go into like an hour, like literally they were like calling my name and I was like still crying from losing that match. Cause I was so upset. Um, and I, I won those next two matches, but I was, I was still, I'm still that, Oh, I can't believe I lost the, the way I lost that one. But you know, I took away from it. I think like you got to put people away and you talk about that all the time in, in wrestling, but 
was a guy that had beat me earlier in the year. He was a quality opponent. He was really, really good. And he, um, I, I couldn't, I didn't finish the match on him three times, you know, three times, you know, that time, the first time I wrestled him and then twice in, in one match, I, I needed to put him away and, and just didn't use the right tactics and, and lost. Um, it was, it was brutal. Um, but it's something that I think makes us better, you know, those, those really hard losses. But like you said, if eventually you can learn something from them. Yeah. Important. So, you know, if you, if you have a worse loss than that, you know, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is worse, but it's kind of like, when I look back and it's really funny. It was, uh, it was the second, it was the match right after I won my first match ever at Carmel high school. And it was a tournament, and Race was the only coach that day. And it, I think Glowo was wrestling also. At the same time, I was wrestling Josh from that that really huge freshman from uh, Hersey, it, really tall and mm -hmm. scary. <laughs> and so he was just laying on top of me. I I couldn't. I, I I it was hard to breathe. I don't know why they put me in this bracket with a kid who was. 30 pounds heavier and then someone who was 60 pounds heavier than me even though leo was heavier than me and they put him in that bracket <laughs> they put him in a lighter lighter bracket i'm like why and so i beat that first kid and then josh i look at josh and i'm like oh god and then races is um coaching glow and he looks over at me i'm just looking up at him like flat as can be and josh on top of me and i look at him he looks at me and looks away and <laughs> doesn't <laughs> he's <just in> <laughs> so I completely I don't know if I even scored a point even I don't know if I even got out of that it was kind of like erased from my memory <laughs> uh, then because of the lack of oxygen going to my brain I, I don't know, but I barely remember it. And it, I just remember that one, that one look at the race. Oh, that's hilarious. That's so funny. I had a, <laughs> I had a match probably back when I think I was going into sophomore year against a guy by the name of Albert White, which, um, at the time, I had no idea who he was. He wasn't in high school yet. I was a year ahead of him. And he wrestled for the Harvey Twisters. So they're the best wrestling kids club, maybe in the country, you know, in the last 50 years. And uh, so whenever you wrestled them, it was always kind of like this. Sometimes, sometimes I was competitive with the kid, but sometimes they were just awesome. They would kill me. Yeah. Um, so I remember going up in the stands and telling my dad, like, oh, I got a twister. This was an off-season tournament, so I knew. So he wasn't wrestling for, like, a school. It was just he had twister stuff on. So I said, oh, I got a twister in my, my bracket. And he's like, oh, we'll see what happens. So I go out. He takes me down within, I don't know. I don't even know if a second had clicked off the, top, off the clock. Takes me down, runs a half, and I thought I was going to bite my tongue off. He had my head pushed, my chin pushed into my into my chest and I was biting on my tongue and he ran my head 180 degrees and flipped me over and I was fighting off my back. He teched me in like, it was like a 
first period was like a minute. So I survived. It was probably five or eight to nothing. And then he pinned me at the end of the second period. And it, I, the whole time I thought I was going to die because I couldn't breathe. He was like, pinch. I was like, I'm scared for my life. And my, when I got, when I got off the mat, my dad's like, well, if you'd gotten off your back that last time, it would have been a tech. And it was like, maybe two minutes, maybe two minutes. So this Albert white guy, he goes on to win four state titles. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't awesome. know. I, I forgot what the school was called, but it was like a second, it was right after Notre Dame. Uh, and for some reason, you guys made me go JV, my second match ever. <laughs> I don't know why. But JV for my second match and huge, huge, huge kid. Uh, and I remember just going against him. Like, I think it was, I don't know if it was even a 10, I think it was a pin in like 15 seconds. He literally bear hugs me, trips me, and he's almost like 50, 60 pounds heavier than me. And he goes chest to chest right into the mat. And I lost all. All my breath. <laughs> uh, I, I could I remember in the medic came over. And I'm just like flat on the ground on my back, like gasping for air. Uh, oh. it was the second match. It was the scare. It was so scary. <laughs> <laughs> Your second match ever. JV. And I, I didn't know cause or muggy at the time, and I'm like. Uh, okay, and they're they're yelling at me to do something when he's bear hugging me. I'm like, oh, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> That's pretty funny. Um... <laughs> All I know what to do what to do was like sprawl and shoot. <laughs> yeah, you're not used to getting bear hugged. The guy just takes you right down. Oh, that's great. Um, at the first dual meet when I was a freshman, this actually didn't have anything to do with me. Um, first dual meet, first match, 125 pounder goes out and he's getting lifted and returned. You know what that is? Yeah. So he's getting lifted and returned. The kid he was wrestling was really good for Maine East. I think he was a state qualifier. So lift and return, lift and return on like the third or fourth lift and return that our guy for, that was on my team posts his arm out and breaks his arm in two places, like, oh, like, oh. like compound fracture. Like his arm was just really messed up. And I was like, Oh my God, is this like what happens at varsity matches? Like people break their arms all the time. Like, like it was like, obviously like a really serious situation. They had to like stretch him out of the place and stuff. And then like the meat just resumed and people, I was like, this is the craziest thing I've ever been a part of. I don't know if I can do this. And uh, obviously, that, that to this day, that is the worst injury I've ever seen in wrestling. It was a first varsity match uh, at a dual meet. Kid broke his arm in two places. Like, oh. Yeah, that reminds me of Notre Dame with Kaixpa. That, that was my first meet. And he tried to, I don't I forget what he even tried to do. Did he try to do like a trip or something? And I don't know just, what it was. He was like trying to headlock the kid. Maybe and maybe kick his leg out or something, and his arm was like, or maybe that kid was trying to headlock him or something. I remember seeing it and being really concerned. Like it was, 
not a nice situation. I wasn't surprised he got injured. Um, yeah, that really stunk. I was really bummed for Eric. The other guy was, uh, he, the other guy was like, okay, but I, I knew Kaisa was like, like better, and he probably would have won that match, but he messed up, like slipped yeah. or something. Yeah. Uh, you know, the number one rule in wrestling is, you know, you got to keep yourself safe. Um, and, uh, you know, if, I'd rather you lose a wrestling match and get pinned or something rather than hurt yourself, um, obviously. So uh, learn that lesson, learn it quick. Um, because you definitely don't want people getting injured by trying to tough, tough out really bad situations. Um, so we just talked about, you know, kind of some not so fun moments. Uh, what, what's been your biggest win in your one season? What was like, maybe when you, or, or what's the time when you've been like the most excited? Probably when I went to freshman, sophomore sectionals, when I qualified for it. Tell it me was, about that. Uh, I don't know what match, what number, I think it was my fourth match. And it was like, I won my fir first match, lost my or I think I lost my first match, won my second. No, I won my first match. Won my first match, lost my second match, went to uh, the loser brackets, and then it was to go to, like, uh, to be qualified for sectionals. And this guy was a sophomore, and I, and I didn't really have that much confidence, and my only coach was Luis Rivas. So I was like, oh, okay. And then um, I somehow... I hear Javi like say like uh, I, he said use it, but I didn't know what that meant. And <laughs> I'm like, well, use what? And then I I I, I kind of lat drop him because he he was leaning way too much into me, and I didn't really know how to do a lat drop at the time, but I could just like tell what to do with his body because how much he was like putting pressure into me. And uh, pretty sure he did have better technique than me though and stuff, but he messed up, and I won first period I think. Wow. I think it was, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was like zero to six. And then he, I, I got the pin on him. Wow. So you were losing? Yeah. Yeah. Th that is awesome. Those are great moments. Um, anytime you can pull off a win like that, that's, that's awesome. And then you qualified. Yeah. And then I went to sectionals, bought sweatpants, lost all my matches, and then made a bet with the race and he never paid me. <laughs> What was the bet you made with Coach Race? Uh, well, I wanted a sweater. I wanted the sweater there. And I'm like, I need $10. How am I going to get $10? Uh, $10 off. So I'm like, Grace, if I land this water bottle perfectly, you'll be $10. <laughs> and I flipped it. He just looked at me. And I'm like, you owe me $10. And I, I, and I flipped it, landed perfectly, and he kicked it. And he's like, you didn't land it. And I'm like, that's not fair. And then I flipped it again, and I landed it again. And he still hasn't given me my ten dollars. Well, you gotta get in Coach Race's kitchen about that one. You gotta really, you gotta really pressure him a little bit. Don't, don't ever forget about this, Joe. I want I you know, never, two years never. from now when you're a senior, you need to keep hounding Coach Race about this money. Yeah, <laughs> they will. <laughs> never let it go. Yeah, because I could have gotten a sweater instead of sweatpants. Yeah. Yeah, well, it would have been, I would have, 
I would have been happy for you, but you know, coach race, you know, he's, he's a little tight. He doesn't like to, he doesn't like to hand out his money. He doesn't like to lose bets. <laughs> he kicked it twice. <laughs> uh, all right, Joe. Well, I'm, we're kind of out of time here. So I got one last question for you, Joe, what does it take to be a wheeling high school wrestler? Um, honestly, it just takes almost not uh, you'll you can be part of a wrestling team if you just like have a good vibe <laughs> that's all i can say really <laughs> if you're just like if you're not a downer and stuff and you believe in your teammates <laughs> honestly i think we'll set to you if you're nice to us we'll be nice to you yeah, Joe, uh, I love your style, man. I just love the way you think, the way you act. You are uh, a breath of fresh air. And uh, yeah, if you if you got a good vibe, you can be a, you can be a wrestler. That's that's an awesome way to put it, man. I can't think of a better way to end this. Uh, thank you for uh, waiting this out. I know it's been a while since we first talked about it, but thank you for being on the show. And uh, hope you have a great night, man. Okay, bye, uh, Coach Ray. I'm Coach Craig. <laughs> okay. Bye. All right, Joe. Have a great night. Hey, you too.